You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to make a very bold statement tonight. I believe it. I'm convinced of it. I personally do not believe that it's over for America. I believe the greatest days could yet be ahead. I believe, and whether you want to agree with me or not, and many folks say, well, the Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse and perilous times should come. Well, it's going to come, but it doesn't have to come here. I believe, I truly believe we are on the verge of potentially a great revival. In order to see revival, people have to get low enough, fairly low. We're the one section of the nation that's never seen a revival. You've heard me preaching on that recently. I believe the entire Western, Western United States, Colorado this way, is all primed and pumped and ready for revival. If God's people would just humble themselves. The children of Israel, when they cried unto the Lord in their wickedness and despair, God heard them. I don't know what it's going to take. But it seems like in the Bible, God has a quarrel. For Sodom, it was just a quarrel. Uh, Abraham whittled it down to 10 people. I don't know what percentage that was of the city. But God said, I will not destroy I will not destroy that city for 10 righteous people. Now, you would think, well, my, here's Lot, and here's his wife, that's two, and his two unmarried daughters, that's four, and his two married daughters, that's six, and their, their husbands, sons-in-laws, that's eight, and then two more that he had, that's 10 right there, and his own family had 10, but he didn't get his own family in. And tonight, I want to just come to you very directly on bringing a nation back to God. Rarely do I speak, it's July 4th, many times, I don't speak on patriotism. Mother's Day, sometimes I don't speak on about mothers, I normally, I guess, would. Father's Day, many times not. But today, I felt led both morning and night because we are at an urgent, as you said this morning, a tipping moment. We're at that point I believe, I still believe. Uh, now, you're not going to watch CNN and have hope and all the other things and go online and social media and get a lot of hope. And I tell you what, I, I've not been on the news for over two years. And I'm telling you, the, this book is more alive to me than it's ever been. I, I see news pop up on my phone. I've got one conservative site. And it, it, it sort of shows me the headlines. And I don't take time for it much because it really discourages me, even the conservative. So I don't read. I don't know it. But you say, well, how do you know things? People tell me. And I, I don't know how to do Facebook. And I don't know how to do social media. And I'm not saying you're wrong if you do. I know we have it here in our church. We have it on the radio. They, 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 they email in and I get it printed out for me. I love to, to speak to our, our listeners by way of the internet. I write it back down. And you talk about archaic. They print it out for me. I write it down and somebody types it up and sends it back out. I, but I, I'm glad I don't have anything negative like that coming. Well, you know, you know what, North Valley Baptist Church, I don't know that stuff unless you tell me. 
Well, you know, Trevor, I don't know. And if, uh, people say, Pastor, I'm praying for you. I know what they're saying about you. Don't tell me. Thank you. I, I'm absorbed with, with the things of God in this church. I, I'm loving church. I love, I've always loved it. I'm holding on. Yeah, say, well, all, all these last, was it two and a half years of COVID, we were gone one Sunday. It was from my sister's home going, died suddenly. We're, we're here, and we don't have any plans to be gone on a Sunday in June and July. And I think you're that way too, you said. And I, I'm just, I'm so grateful to be in God's house. This fall, maybe we'll go for a week or so. I'm not sure. But I'm saying this. I believe for the sake of these kids, we could still have revival. For the sake of that baby that's coming, Brother John Morris, I believe your baby could be born into a church that's just fired up for God. I know it's July 4th. Historically, it's the lowest Sunday of the year. I never tell you that till afterwards. But I look at this Sunday night crowd on this lower floor and even up in this balcony today and tonight, and I'm just overjoyed, plus the Spanish ministry going tonight, and they've had a good crowd this morning. People saved and adults baptized this morning. God's not finished with us yet. Don't order the coffin yet. He's still on the throne. Here is a, a, a young man who's going to bring a nation back to God. Notice who this young man, Josiah, was eight years old when it began to rain. I think of you, Josiah. I think this is your last Sunday with us, Josiah Everson. They'll be leaving out this week and go to Ohio, getting married, and be thrust out into the ministry. Maybe you'll come back for a week or two after you. I wish you would. But last night I saw him at men's prayer with his dad and brother sitting there. And I thought, my goodness, well, how blessed we have been to have a Josiah with us. How blessed we're to have a Josiah missionary with us tonight. And all the Josiahs that are in this auditorium tonight. Josiah was a young man that was born in a crummy, lousy, rotten, evil home. The heritage of all his family was rotten. The Bible says Josiah was eight years old when it began to rain. It rained in Jerusalem 31 years. The Bible says, verse 3, in the eighth year of his reign, so if he started when he's eight, and now in the eighth year, how old is the boy? Wow, smart class. A 16-year-old boy, a teenage son, a teenage kid, but he's leading a nation. And do you realize that that great revival of 1901 in Wales, I was talking to a man, your neighbor, that came last Sunday, Brother Chris Kissel and Heather, right behind you from Wales, and what God, God did in that country, it was, it was debauchery, it had gone downhill, it was wrong, it was wicked. And yet a revival came led by a teenager. He never knew God was using him. He just got alone with God and God got a hold of him. And that young man began to have the breath of God. And he came back to his youth group and, and they just started preaching and singing and praying and falling their face and from that youth group and from that church and from that city and from that area, Wales had a massive revival. God can use these teenagers. I want you to see as we look at this text with us tonight that Josiah verse 2 did right. Mother and dad, I'm asking you to do right do right. I'm talking about right as Sunday school, as Sunday morning, as Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You say, well, prove that in the Bible. I cannot. 
But I can prove in the Bible that daily they assemble together. So you can do it the Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or you can do it every day according to the Bible. We don't need less of God. We need more of God. And the Bible says in verse 2, he did that which is right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in the ways of David. That's the heritage. That's not his grandpa. That's not his dad. That's not his grandpa. That's not his great. He's going all the way back to David. And he said, I, I'm going to walk in his ways. He did right. Mothers and dads, I look at your lives. Miss Treatment and I have a young couples class, and we look at you every Sunday, and we're so inspired by the fact that you're trying to do right. We're encouraged with that. We watch you. We see you. We bring your, you bring your little, uh, your, your couples, you come to Sunday school, and you're bringing your kids to church and put them in the nursery, and you're serving God. Hey, I want to tell you something. It's a thrill to see what young, people, young, young couples are doing. It's a thrill to see saints of God that have journeyed down life, and life's not always easy. They've had heartaches, and they've had sorrows, and they have disappointments, but they're still remaining at the house of God. Josiah did right. There must come a point in your life say, I'm going to do right. Oh, Bob Jones says, do right till the stars fall. Just do right. Do right till the stars fall. Do right till the last call. We sing in elementary chapel. Deacons do right. Pastor do right. Staff do right. Ushers do right. Sunday school teachers do right. Bus workers do right. Choir do right. Nursery workers do right. Orchestra do right. Media people do right. Servants of God do right. Prayer warriors do right. Just simply do right. How the nation come back to God through a 16-year-old boy? He said, I'm going to do right. You young boys, no telling. I look at you teenagers here and scattered through the auditorium and young adult, young man, no telling what God's going to do with your life. It's always been my prayer for our own son, our own kids, and for the church, the kids of this church, that whatever God's blessed your pastor with, that our kids would go way beyond what God has done for their dad. I want our grandkids to do so much more for God. I want you boys, one of you may one day be the pastor here. I want to, I remember the day when my pastor called me. I remember our church was getting started in a, in a barn as, as a little boy out over here in Fremont area. And our pastor, later in life, as we had the land, and we bought the land, and bought the property, and built the buildings, he called me in the 80s and said, Jack, I want you to come pastor your home church. I said, well, pastor, I like to, but I'm pastor of North Valley Baptist Church. He said, you can do both. I said, well, you have a Christian school, and, and it dwindled down, but you have a Christian school, and you have the church, and I can't do two churches. He said, you can. He said, come preach here early in the morning. Then we'll do Sunday school. You go back over there and preach your second service over there. Preach over there. Then come Sunday night early and then go back over there and have Tuesday night service here and Wednesday night service there and Thursday night service. He says, you can do it. And you know, he was right. God's people allowed me to do that for a season. I'm so very thankful Then your dad, Brother Wally Davis, became the pastor of my home church. I want you to know, I want you to know I'm so grateful I lived and had a church like that, a pastor like that who planned with us, do right, do right, do right. I want you to see the second thing that had to happen. He was focused, verse 3. 
the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek God. Began to seek God. And he began to purge the land. He began to, he, 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 he sought God. He sought him. He didn't turn, the Bible said, verse 2, to the right or to the left. Mother, Dad, don't, 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 don't compromise this thing. Don't redefine the church. Why do we always have to redefine what's working? Sunday school works. We have over 200 years in this nation where it worked, and yet it's, you can hardly find a Sunday school in America. You young kids, God bless you. You're pastoring churches and leading churches, but please don't give less Bible to your people. Keep Sunday school there. Keep all these adult people studying the Word of God and becoming teachers so that they might teach others. Amen. Dr. J. Frank Norris was the man that guided our presidents through the wars. He was a mighty preacher, pastored two churches at the same time for 13 years, one in Fort Worth, Texas, largest church in America, and the second largest one was his other church in Detroit, Temple Baptist Church, pastored them both for 13 years. You never knew where it was going to be. Before the days where they really traveled by, did most of that rail, he might be two weeks in a row in Detroit, then he might be three weeks in, in, in Fort Worth. The church in Fort Worth was a historic church, a large church. But Louis Ainsminger said, Pastor, our church services are large, our orchestras are large, our choir is large, but our Sunday school is small. He said, what's your recommendation? He said, please let me take the Sunday school and let us go ahead and have those large adult classes, but let's divide our classes into classrooms of 10, no more than 10, and let's get people teaching the Bible that they studied all week long. And what's that group of 10 fifth grade boys? And we may have five classes of fifth grade boys, but get 10 only and get one teacher. And if it grows up to 15, then take five out and start another class of fifth grade boys. He said, what's, Dr. Dorsey, what's, what's the reason we're doing that? He goes, I would rather have 500 adults studying the Sunday school message and the Bible all week long, studying the Bible, praying for their kids, visiting their kids. I'd rather have 500 teaching instead of one mass teacher for juniors and primaries, which they were trying to do. And that church was ignited. Why? They got people in the Word of God studying all week long. He declined, the Bible says, this met young boy, not to the right, nor to the left. Verse number three, he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord when he was young. Hold your text right there, please. Let's go over to the book of Psalm. The book of Psalms, and we'll go to Psalm 90. And you're listening so well, I won't be much longer tonight, but I will. I want to get this truth to us tonight. Psalm 90 is where Moses is writing to us. Psalm 90 and 91, he writes both these psalms. I, I love 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the, uh, of the shadow of the Almighty. It's a tremendous psalm. Read Psalm 91 this week if you can. But Psalm 90, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all what's the word? Generations. He's introducing age. He's introducing generational faith. 
And then the Bible says, verse number four, he's talking about numbers again and ages. For a thousand, what's the word? A thousand years in thy sight is but like yesterday when it is past. And a watch in the night. Look, he keeps talking about time. Not only a thousand years, but yesterday. And in verse number six, in the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withered. That's like our life. It's so fresh and young. We're youthful. And before you know it, you're older. And it's, and it's cut down life. It's morning hour and night hour. He's showing us something about age. Verse number nine, for all of our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale. That's all. He's talking about age. He's talking about time. For verse number 10, for the days of our years are three score and 10. What is that? What is that, three score and 10? That's 70 years. God says you're going to be able to live about 70 years. That's about it. We're living longer now. The average man lives to age 78. When we came here, the man lived to be about 69 years of age 46 years ago, 47 years ago. We're living longer now. Women outlive men. Women live a little bit over 80, now we're told. And God says you live to be about 70. And that's why when you get about 70, your knees don't feel as good as usual. And your hips and your shoulders and all. And people say, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. Your joints are wearing out. You're, 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 you're getting to that. Say, I'm depressed now. Oh, no, we're still here. Thank God for that. Whether you come into church like Chris Kissel on crutches tonight. There he goes, his baseball season, or whatever you used to call that, what you tried to do out there. And he was the best on our team, he and Luke. Nonetheless, well, we have some others. Wait a minute. The days of our years are three score and ten. If by reason of they shall be four score years, yet their strength and labor. You might live to be 80, hopefully beyond that. Wait a minute. Verse 12, let's read it together. Ready? Beginning. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Don't turn yet. If a man lives, not counting leap year in there, if a man lives to be 70, he's going to live 25,550 days. 25,550. If you're 69, you have, I know we live longer than that, 365 days left. God says, teach us to number our days. Why? That we might apply our hearts to wisdom. Young, young fellas, number your days. Don't, don't blow your future on the altar of the immediate. Don't mess up right now. That you throw it away and then you live with regret and with guilt the remainder of your life. You say, well, the Christian life is hard. Not as hard as the world's life. The way of the transgressor is hard. But God says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice one more verse of this text. Verse 14. Oh, satisfy us early. Wait a minute. He's been talking about age. 70, 80, generation, years. What do you think he's talking about here? Same thing. Oh, satisfy us early. Early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. You know what I want you for you Foley boys down here, and brother 
Hudson down here and all you boys, Christian and Joseph and Dan, Damien and Jared and all you boys down through. Uh, you know what I like? I'd like you to learn who God is early and seek him early. To seek God means to crave, to desire, to want God, to want God. Oh, may you want God. America is dependent upon you. It could start right here with our youth group. Brother Fenera can start with our Christian school right here. It can start in my life. It can start in my home, my marriage. You might be, I, I told this, I never told our son. But I told my wife years ago when he was young, I said, I, I really believe that we're living with a man of God. I believe that. We had two daughters, Tiffany and, and, Tiffany, and Tiffany and Tabitha, and I would tell my wife, she'd know, I'd say, I feel like we have two angels in our presence. Never told them that. I don't want to put pressure. I felt like we were living. And I know I'm not talking about spooky angels, like in the, but I just felt like they were, they, God, they, they were such a gift to us. And Brother Tim, I felt like was such a man of God. Now, wait a minute. Satisfy us early. Camp is coming. Let God satisfy you. Youth conference was just here. Get satisfied with God early. Go back and we'll wrap it up here. Go to this man, Josiah. Now, Josiah was right. He did right. He was focused. He didn't get his eyes off. He put his eye on the mark. He didn't go to the left or to the right. And you parents, get your eyes focused on something. What are you, what are you aiming at? What, just don't make it financial goals. God bless you. And don't make it material goals. God bless you. Make it spiritual goals. What are you focused on? I'll tell you, I'm so focused that I want to finish my course with joy. I want to do it right to the last breath. Brother, pray for me. Please pray for my wife that will do it right. He sought God early. Why God says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. I speak to all of you. You have the joy of having children in your home. We've all studied Alexander the Great. We know about Alexander the Great. Alexander, when he had conquered the world, was 23. He had conquered the entire world by age 23. Isaac Newton gave us the law of gravity at age 24. William Borden's life came to an end. He was going to China to reach Muslims of the gospel. He stopped in Egypt to prepare and learning the language. And there he, in fact, it was, was diseased. And heir to all the Borden empire. And he gave all that millions away. And in 19, I think it was 1901, he passed away. They said every newspaper in the world carried the entire service of William Borden. They had every song that was listed, every hymn that was listed, every message and the front pages of papers throughout all of London and all of Europe and Australia and the United States of America at age 24. It's his death. They came back and swept over American Bible colleges and preaching, and they had more people surrender to serve God to go in his place. He was 24 years of age. There's two boys in college at the same time at Oxford, Whitfield and, and, and Wesley, and those boys were responsible for the great awakening that came as just young boys. Napoleon conquered 
conquered all of Italy at 27. God can use you. Spurgeon was just a youth when he began to preach. And I want you to know that today, Martin Luther, the great reformation took place when he was 25 years of age. Almost every device you have with computers, we have a video on it. We showed the church years ago on getting ready to make this a, a, a major lighthouse to this area, to reach this area, get on this property. But it shows you that Hewlett Packer was formed in the, high, in the college at Stanford. And Yahoo was in the dormitories at Stanford. And Google was in the dormitories at Stanford. And young college boys would be, get, get a vision about what, what a computer could do and wonderful things that could happen. Young man, Josiah was 16. Young ladies, Josiah was 16. Verse 4, he took a stand. He broke down the altars. He cut them down, the carved images. And he burned the bones of the priest. And he stomped them out like powder. And in verses 8 through 17, You'll find it in those verses 10 times. He opened up the house of God. And in the house of God, he found two things. He found money and he found the book. God's house had been closed and they had lost the Bible. They had lost the law in the house of God. You know where America's lost the, the law of God, the word of God? At God's house. We have therapy sessions we have all these, but we're, we're not preaching the word. We've lost the Bible. We've lost the word of God. And they found money at the house of God. And he gave it to the carpenters and to the workers and said, repair the house of God and open it up. And they began to read from the book. And they stood when they heard the word of God. The word of God was so powerful. Yes, I... I truly believe there can be revival. Here's Josiah. In the previous chapter, if you look at verse 33, his father did evil. Ammon, his father, was a wicked father. He never read the Bible. He never read the law. He, he worshiped high places. He had the kids pass through the fire. His daddy was a poor influence. His grandfather was Manasseh, and his dad, Ammon, did evil like his father. The previous chapter tells you both together. His grandpa, Manasseh, was wicked. His dad was wicked. But he had a great grandpa, Hezekiah. And the Bible said he did that was right. He never saw him. He was dead before Josiah was born. But he must have heard stories. Your grandpa, your great-grandpa was a good man. He opened up the house of God. He got the law going again. He got giving going again. And great revivals. And he stomped out, stomped out the evil worship of Baal. And, and he goes, guess what? Your great-grandfather and that must have fallen the ears of Josiah because as a teenager, he said, my life's going to make a difference. Young couples, keep your children in the house of God. It's almost humorous sometimes watching you couple, young couples 
you have your first baby, you can't get to church on time. And I don't say that to be rude to you. It's just an adjustment. It's just, it's an adjustment. And some of you say, man, we're late. I, I know, I know that happens. And then you have two kids. And you got going on time again, now you're late again. And then you had three kids. And then after 13 kids, you just stopped trying to come. You just came in separate cars. I don't want to single anybody out with 13 kids, but, uh, but uh, you, drive same, you can't drive the same cars. Too many of you. You got grandkids now. You drive separate cars, Brother Manna. And you have a license, Jennifer. Women should not have driver's licenses. Let's stand together, please. Just keep trying. Keep getting your lives together. I was thanking the Lord this week. The radio bill and Leanne Manley had their 45th anniversary. As far as I can tell, I became their pastor when they had been married nine months. That's such a thrill to think 44 of their 45 years I've been their pastor. Just stay with this thing. Then I started down the trail, Brother, <laughs> Brother Van Dyke, Brother Jakob, Brother Skirty, Brother Carey, all so many of you, Morris. I started down the trail of so many of you. I pastored so many long years. Brother Manning, you and your wife, others. Just keep coming. Brother Poos and those kids playing tonight. I've been your pastor for decades, almost four. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.